right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Still the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Uh, coming off a big win for UV basketball last night, uh, I am joined by Paul today. Paul, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Two dudes podcast. Let's do this. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Pierce uh, has lost his voice as he is in Greensboro. Uh, Slash is probably out partying too late last night. Meanwhile, Ben is at a Wi-Fi-less beach house in Carolina. So those two guys are slacking off. But, uh, you know, it works out for the best. We got Paul on. Uh, Paul, what what were your general thoughts from last night's uh, win for the Cavaliers as they beat North Carolina 68-59 to uh, without Ben Vanderplas, who's now out for the season with a broken or fractured right hand? I figured since most of the time I'm on the podcast, I'm talking about offensive line play. Uh, it made sense for me to come on after Pete Nance's performance yesterday. Um, uh, that's that's going to be teaching tape for a lot of offensive line coaches uh, that you know engage with both hands, keep your feet moving. Uh, you know, I, I credit credit to him for that. Uh, maybe he can finally get Zach Rice some playing time down there in Chapel Hill, uh, but. Yeah uh on on the actual basketball front uh you know this was we were all nervous of you know learning shortly before the game the team's going to be without bvp um you know what does it look like and i think i think we saw some of that timidity or uncertainty in the first sort of six eight minutes um as as there was sort of feeling out you know how what is the game plan we're trying to execute just a little bit of of getting into the rhythm and then as soon as they sort of got the got the rust off or or let their feet sink into the game a little bit um it it seemed like they got back into some comfort uh got back into some rhythm uh obviously the a, a standout performance from Caden Shedrick which we'll talk a lot more about but um that that seemed to me of like you know it it having BVP still be on the bench still have that veteran leadership as somebody who can you know during timeouts when guys are getting a breather sort of lend his brain to the game even if he's not able to lend his body to the game right. um, now that he's he's got injured his wrist I think um, you saw the benefit of that as as the team was able to sort of figure out how to be without him but how about you what was, what was your sort of big big high level takeaway other than what you've already published on Tree Hill on <laughs> uh, I mean I, I'll just go back to what I did publish. Um, <laughs> my thoughts uh, are, that's the thing with post game is like, I just like put everything into these five oh, takeaways. Yeah. Just, just breathe just, vomit. Yeah. Just because there's no, like exactly, but there's nothing like, so I then later on, you know, when we're on a podcast, Pierce will be like, so Zach, you got anything to add? And I'm like, not really. No. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, if you haven't read uh, that story, which you should uh, on streakingalot.com, there we go. Shameless plug. Um, I think Reese Beekman and Caden Shedrick being back to like sort of a early season form is huge um i thought reese being aggressive especially in the first half when he had 11 points three assists and three steals defensively which we've become accustomed to but the way that he was attacking the rim offensively was massive and it's something that we really haven't seen in a while he averaged just over six points in the last seven games of the regular season so that's massive i mean he i I believe uh, greg madia had the story um on the daily progress sort of like reese admitted that he's still dealing with that hamstring injury um which i think is pretty like it, it seemed obvious, but there hadn't been confirmation of that yet. And that he's still like spending hours with Ethan, Ethan Saliba and there are good days and bad days. Um, but I, I think that obviously this seemed like it was a good day and it seems like maybe he's, um, 
you know, recovering. I don't know if he tweaked it at some point because it seems like he was really off sort of in that month of February. So I think him playing well, um, you mentioned Caden Chedrick. And, you know, the team didn't shoot the ball well. You know, they were, uh, what, four for 15 from three or something. Um, Yeah, four for 15, but still managed to find ways to score the ball. And, you know, you you sort of, it's a double-edged, or you know, you could look at it from from two different directions. Is One, they haven't really shot the ball well in a while. They haven't hit over 33.3% of their threes since, um, I think, early, like, January. It's been a while since they, I I can pull that up on Ken Palm, but it's definitely been a minute since they actually sort of were hitting from three. And, you know, Isaac McNeely was two for four last night, but then Franklin was one for five, Beekman one for four. Kihei continues to be, and and I'm I'm being, I'm nitpicking right now. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, they beat UNC by nine and did not shoot the ball well, which is a very big result. Um, I thought Tony Bennett had just a field day off as an offensive coach in this game just the way that he sort of manipulated because UNC doesn't have good defensive guards in the backcourt and that was pretty obvious and then without Baycott actually being mobile they just like Reese especially just was able to sort of pick everything apart and then Tony putting Armand at the four late in the game with Caden at the five was a really nice way to sort of switch things up when Baycott was largely out of the game but I think he was in there for some of that as well and it sort of just like spread UNC out made them think defensively which when UNC is thinking defensively they're not playing well defensively because they don't like to think defensively and they don't like to try defensively so altogether feeling very good I still think though like fortunately there's room for improvement um I don't know I mean it, it, we'll, we'll talk about Caden um what did you see from him I, I, you know guarding Baycott otherwise you know he just looked a lot better I think just more fluid absolutely I, it has that that sort of you know kill, killer mentality that we saw from him early in the season and sort of saw flashes of last year and I was as you know you were talking about Baycott this is kind of the perfect game for Ben Van, for to be the first game without Vanderplas yeah. when you're facing a big like Baycott that is so strong and so physical that having it was a game that that Vanderplas would have been completely overmatched if he mm-hmm. was trying to play the five um, with a healthy Baycott at least with a, with a healthy Baycott yeah. correct you're right with, with Baycott being a little gimped up um, you know he wouldn't have the same mobility but it means he'd probably lean into his physicality a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe that plays to Vanderplas's favor but if the the answer to that is throw Poppy at him and let's not overlook that Poppy had one Absolutely. of his best games in a while even even though he's been getting more playing time recently um you know the the combination of um physical without fouling is something that we haven't really seen and and making some contributions on the offensive end a couple of big dunks a couple Mm -hmm. of offensive boards or or tip outs that that led to extended possessions um so i think both of those guys both both caffaro and shedrick um sort of i I hope it's going to be a a long-term confidence boost for them and and represent okay, we, we lose Vanderplas. That means some of the lineup versatility or flexibility that had been uh, one of the hallmarks of this team this season is gone. Mm-hmm. But that means that the Virginia defense we saw last night feels like a Virginia defense we hadn't seen before this year. Yeah. Um, 
or had not seen before during this year. We had yeah, seen right, it in right. previous years, but there was there was an edge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that comes from having a rim protector like Shedrick, having a, a defensive-minded big like Caffaro that the everybody else can play off of. That the, right. they're, you know, we still saw the post double come, but it wasn't as it didn't seem to be as frequent or as early um as in in other games um uh, which then lets all of the other off ball defenders play a little bit looser you know you're not yeah. playing 3 on 4 um so it's it i think there was a lot of the the uptick seemed to be primarily on the defensive end but it was the first time we've really seen the defense carry the team through a night that they've had offensive struggles. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, UVA only scored five points in the first, um, I believe, 935 of the game. And yet we're only down by like two or maybe four maybe after four, that yeah. stretch. Yeah, so I think that's what it, that speaks to it. Um, I thought Reese on Caleb Love was just phenomenal. Um, he wasn't, he didn't only play on Caleb Love because he's played on, uh, he guarded Davis at some in the second half, but Caleb Love three for 15 from the field, two for 10 from three, um, 11 points with three for four from the free throw line. And then RJ Davis, especially got going in the first half. I believe he had 12 points in either half, but he was uh, five for six in the first and then was just three for eight in the second half. And some of that is switching Reese on to him at times. Some of that is just him getting cold. But if you can force R.J. Davis and Caleb Love to have to beat you against North Carolina and just to have to just chuck shots up and, and try to win off of that, and then you have the defensive backcourt of Clark and Beekman, you know, things can work out well. I mean, Leaky yeah. Black went two for five from three, which is probably, um, that's definitely above his shooting percentage. But it, it was tough to see uh, Kihei get shot over at times like I do think that was frustrating and and you know I think we're beyond the point in his career where we're like he's short defensively you have to take him out but um that was something where I I think Davis sort of like got cooking because he was able to get shots off without a hand necessarily always in the way that said as Caroline texted me after I sent a tweet saying just that uh Pete Nance was essentially holding everyone on every single off-ball pick that he set so it you know could have you know there's a back and forth to it um one of one of the acc writers i can't remember who it was um uh, one of the acc writers for espn Mm -hmm. uh, tweeted something about like actually being being legitimately impressed by how badly at at nance having the ability to foul so blatantly and not get called like that is that is the surest sign of being a part of the Duke coaching tree uh, of, of having, you know, him transferring from having, you know, played for Chris Collins yeah. um, at Northwestern is, is somehow those guys can always do it. And, <laughs> and credit to Pete Nance and specifically Pete Nance's butt. Uh, Cause Pete Nance's butt was the part that was moving the most on the screens. Uh, and so whoever taught him that, you know, refs don't call it if you just use the right cheek, uh, you know, Hey, good, yeah. good for him um but yeah i i what we were saying about about sort of the you know tony having a tony bennett having a just a master class on offense leaky Mm. black was in hell yeah Um, that there was especially in the second half they were just seemed to every other possession was getting leaky black schemed into a mismatch that either he was trying to guard 
you know, Gardner in the post and Gardner right. could back him down or he's trying to guard a, 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 one of the quicker guards out on the wing and, and they could get past him. So I, I agree that there was a lot of um, uh, for, for a player who's who's probably one of the better defenders on that team to mm-hmm. get put in bad situations time and time and time again, I agree, was was really, really good scheme work by by Bennett and the rest of the offensive coaches. Yeah, and they also forced Baycock out of the game, essentially, yeah. just by yeah. in how they used him in ball screens. Um, Baycott was minus 16 on the night, which, you know, plus minus is plus minus, but still, like, it, it was it was pretty obvious that um, he couldn't hang, and and the way that they sort of used Beekman, they used Shedrick, I mean, that one lob that they had, sort of when, when Reese came off the pin down from Caden, and then just sort of, like, threw it up to him right away was beautiful and just sort of, like, classic, that mover blocker offense. I thought offensively, after those first five minutes, they were really good. And I think we, we sort of touched on that. But in those first five minutes, they went, they came out in sides and then tried to go back to the inside triangle when it wasn't working, <laughs> which I thought was interesting, especially because having BVP on the floor is sort of the reason that that triangle offense worked in the first place. And then that didn't work for about three minutes. And they said, okay, we're going to go back to sides and getting some like high ball screen stuff. And then Reese got aggressive and they, you know, sort of put points on the board. One guy we haven't really mentioned, Jane Gardner, 17 points, five for 11 from the field, seven for eight from the free throw line, um, which is really nice to see after he's been just over 68% on the year. Also had 10 rebounds, um, two of which were offensive, two steals and a block. I thought defensively he was really effective against Nance, against, um, I think he guarded Black at times as well. And I think we've sort of taken him for granted at times. Like, yeah, the mid-range yeah. jumpers can be sometimes frustrating, but if he's going five for 11, I mean, you probably want that number more seven for 11 out of your sort of, um, you know, 33 minute big man. But you know, his, if anybody's like, yeah, you have to play Kate more, you have to play Poppy more. You probably will have to play Ryan Dunn more um, against certain opponents without BVP. But, but a lot of it is now a lot of sort of the burden is put on Jaden. Um, yeah. And I thought that he did really well last night and, and sort of being able to rely on him to put up, you know, uh, 12 to 16 on a nightly basis and, and also be tough on the boards and, and sort of be um, sound defensively. And, and like since last year where he was sort of lost in the defense, I think he's been like early last year. Um, he's just figured it out and he's gotten quicker and he's learned how to sort of use his hands and get, um, and sort of make plays. And, and and that's been a really nice sort of boost for this team, especially just as, yeah, I mean, as, as I mentioned, without without BV, BVP um, on the floor. Uh, any extended thoughts on sort of Kihei's little bit of a slump? I mean, he had eight points, two for five shooting from the field, 0 for two from three, four for four from the line, five rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, not in 37 minutes. So not like a bad game from him, but he's also just been a little bit quiet. Yeah, you know, I think two... It- it happens. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, you never know. Remember, even with Kihei, we're still still dealing with a 23 year old. You know, it's it's yeah. it's you never know what sort of um, where where their head's going to be at. Um, yeah, I, but I, I I'm not particularly worried about it, both because Kihei can contribute in a lot of ways other than stuff in the stat sheet. Um, right. You know, having being reverting all the way back to being a complete black hole on the perimeter not a good thing but we're mm-hmm. not there um no. it's it's not that he's taking 
nine shots from three and, and missing all of them. It's it's recognizing he's got to contribute to the game in, in other ways. And for our, I, I almost said for all of Kihei's shortcomings, no pun and absolutely no pun intended. Um, At Carolina, but I'll but I'll yeah I'll, I'll take it. Um, for for the things that he yeah we have complained about whether whatever. Um, there's no denying that he's somebody who who knows the mental side of the game and he'll either either the physical side will come back to him uh, of of whatever shooting you know tweak or he just had an off night or whatever or he's smart enough to realize I got to help this team in other ways and he knows how to do it um, right. so it's it's one of those yeah I'd, I'd like to get eight nine points out of out of Kihei a couple of made threes keeping guys honest um, you know keeping the defense honest but I'm not I'm not getting any heartburn from, you know, oh, he goes 0 for 2 from 3 and still has a 3 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. I'll right. take that. Yeah. Um, you know, let, let let others be the, the you know, let him be the distributor and have others be the finisher. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, especially with Reese being aggressive like he was. Agreed. I think like, Kihei sort of recognized that and, and adjusted accordingly. Um, we'll touch on UVA's matchup with Clemson later tonight in a minute here. Just a couple more notes on the game. UVA had 14 points off of turnovers, including 11 uh, in transition, which I think is pretty nice. This team is feisty defensively. They can make plays. They can, you know, Reese had five steals. Caden had five blocks. That's just ridiculous. Um and then they are nine for 13 on layups, which is improvement off of sort of that, that bad stretch. I, I think they were solid against Clemson and Louisville, but still something 1.193 points for possession overall, which is very good. I'm not sure exactly um, their adjusted offensive performance. I can pull that up. Um, yeah. I mean, other than like not including that Louisville game, this is their best adjusted offensive performance uh, per Bart Torvik since Wake Forest on Saturday, January uh, 21st um yeah they still haven't shot above 33 percent from three since that Syracuse game on January 30th so um still some things to improve but altogether really yeah altogether solid performance from UVA um just six turnovers on the night which is good to see I'm excited to see more Ryan Dunn minutes when that happens um and speaking of potentially more Ryan Dunn minutes Let's talk about Clemson, who just absolutely handled oh. NC State last night um, in the late game. I don't know the final score on that, but they were up. They it was close for about it like, was eighty to fifty four. It was yeah. at at and this is I saw some I, I again sorry for whoever you know put this on my radar, but going back <laughs> and looking at the box score um, at ten forty one in the first half, uh, NC State. Uh, to Quavian Smith jumper put NC State up 20 to 11. So for the yeah. last 30 minutes of this game, Clemson outscored NC State 69 to 34. That they scored two points for every point NC State scored after the 10 minute mark of the first half. It that it was I I watched I watched the first half before succumbing to being old and going to bed. Yeah. Um, which again a 9:30 tip off tonight. Ooh, yeah, it's not like that's going to be hell. But this was it was very much NC State came out swinging, uh, came out you know a lot hotter, uh, and then it, you know from from sort of that uh, eight nine minute mark to the end of the first half, Clemson caught fire, caught up, pulled the lead, and and then NC State was able to kind of tighten it, tighten it around halftime. Um, but it's this is it like the the. Um, you know, overall, Clemson's offense was running at about 1.2 points per possession. So a similar offensive performance to what we saw from Virginia yeah. last night. 
but their second half defense held Clemson to 0.5 points per possession. I mean, it, it was, I, I, I want to go back and watch the second half of, of what happened, of what I missed after I went to bed, because yeah. apparently Clemson put on a clinic in the second half held. I mean, they, they put up a Tony, they held, they held NC yeah. state, NC state to 18 points and a half. Yeah. And that's a capable wow. offense. That's a, like a very, yeah. Um, pulling up the box score now. Clemson 11 for 24 from three. PJ Hall was three for four. Um, I can't, I, Shiflin, is that how you pronounce Shefflin, his name? I think, yeah. yeah, three for three from three. Hunter Tyson, two for six. A um, lot of contributions from a lot of guys. They obviously emptied the bench. Um, 13 turnovers, uh, 16 assists on 28 made field goals. Uh, 20 points off the bench, 28 in the paint. I mean, just a pretty yeah, they made Clemson made NC State pay for having DJ Burns on the defensive side of the ball. That yeah. it was a that yeah. you, you, those PJ Hall shooting numbers, the the Shifflin shooting numbers, those yeah. are DJ Burns can't defend on the perimeter and PJ Hall can shoot it from out there. Um and that was there was at least two, I think, in the first half that were just you know, rhythm wide open PJ Hall you know shots and, right. and he drained them. Um, yeah. and, and that was really what sparked Clemson's sort of first half run. And it sounds like it's sort of what continued in the second half for him. Um, so it's, yeah. you know, we, we saw how this Clemson team can be. And we've, we've talked about, you know, lineup versatility and, and matchup problems, but this is, we were, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how this, this may be a, a place where not having Vanderplas, you know, if, if you're trying to get physical with Baycott in the Carolina game, I went back and I watched some of, of the the UVA game against Clemson a few weeks ago. And, you know, Vanderpool, in addition to being banged up, you could see how much his back was bothering him in that game. It's it's that same sort of matchup probably. Like PJ he PJ Hall is 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 has some height on Vanderplas, mm-hmm. is strong um and and plays physically. Uh so it's it's this is a okay he's out what's the solution at, at at that spot now yeah and you look at how Caden Shedrick played in the two we remember that Clemson game a couple weeks ago was the depths of the Caden Shedrick doldrums that that yeah. was that he was in the deepest part of the doghouse at that point and did not play in that game period but you look at how Caden played in the two games against Clemson last year very similar lineup for UVA, very similar lineup for Clemson. These are two teams that returned most of what they had last year. And Shedrick had defensive box plus minus of, you know, six or better in both of the games last year that even, even though he's not a huge offensive contributor, he played really, really well defensively against Clemson. And that's something that I think we're going to, you know, if, if the Caden that we saw against Carolina is the Caden who shows up against Clemson and puts in that kind of defensive performance against PJ Hall, Virginia's going to be in a really good spot. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, I it was expecting Ryan Dunn to play a lot more last night. I think maybe looking back on that sort of in retrospect, it makes sense that he didn't, if Caden was able to go just because of, of the matchups that work there. That being said, this could also be a very heavy Ryan Dunn game against a guy like Hunter Tyson. Um, and sort of like, if you look at Tyson and Hall, probably as the two most threatening Clemson players, um, UVA has some guys that can match up there. And, and we mentioned Jaden Gardner, who I think is perfectly capable, just maybe not, doesn't quite have the athletic ceiling that Dunn and, and Chedrick have. Um, Poppy on PJ Hall, I, I 
Poppy played against Clemson in that Clemson game, right? Yeah. 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 I, 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 he, he got into foul sort of classic calf row. There, there was, he was playing physical against Hall. Hall is so good at, at drawing whistles. Yeah. Um, and that, so that was part of it. They, they were ticky tack, but they were, they were fouls. Um, yeah. and, and so sort of Poppy got, you know, out of the game early. And then Tony sort of saw that that's, that wasn't going to be the solution on Hall. Um, so I, I, I think I, I, where you were going with that, I, I, I would anticipate is that Hall's probably a little bit too athletic right. for, for Caffaro, a little bit too much of a, a perimeter threat, but this is a, you know, it, man, I, I, I keep coming back to this in my head that if there was ever a time for Caden to be back, for Caden to be back in the lineup with, with the kind of energy and performance we've seen for him, it's going into a Clemson game because that's, he, he can cause problems for Hall yeah. On on when you know, but when UVA is on defense, because he's he's got height, he can withstand the 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 physical play, uh, and he's he's athletic enough to stick with him out on the perimeter. So I, that's that's something that you know I'm I'm excited to see. Hopefully, a continuation of what we yeah. saw from from Caden on on Thursday night. Absolutely. And so looking back at that game um, on February 28th, PJ Hall had 19 points, nine for 13 shooting, just one for two from deep, but also had nine rebounds, three of which were on offense um, in 31 minutes. Uh, he, he can struggle with fouls at times, but he only had three in that game. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you can get, uh, we should have broken down here, if you can get Caden to slow him down, that severely um, limits what uh Clemson can do and I mean Hunter Tyson um was had 17 points but was six for 16 three for 11 from deep I think if he shoots like that again you're pretty happy with it um with the combination of Dunn and probably Gardner um on him Franklin was actually on him a lot Frank you're right yeah in in that game that, that credit credit to Armand for sticking with a guy who's a little bit taller, but Armand's got some good length himself for, for yeah. being in that kind of wing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Ryan Dunn had, had one of his, his worst games um, uh, against in that Clemson game. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see sort of whether Tony, you know, what adjustments they've been able to make. You know, he's still a young player. It's, I mean, it's he was good offensively. He, he had 10 sure. points. He, he was not, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. His, his, his defensive performance in that game wasn't, sort of what we have have expected from Don. So interesting to see sort of what some of the tweaks of the last last couple of games, you know, another two weeks of experience getting into crunch time. We've seen his minutes tick up. Um, you know, whether they think that's that's part of the answer. Uh, but also if 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 Clemson goes with a lineup they had on the floor a couple at least a, a little bit of the first half last night that they put Hall, Schifrin and Hunter Tyson all on the floor together. Yeah. You're gonna have to have done on on one of those guys right. and uh, you know the, the ability to sort of switch between Schiffer and Tyson I think is going to be um a, a big part or if you've got Caden, Caden on Hall Jaden on um Schiffer and then you've got Don and Armand on, on Hunter Tyson in yeah. somewhere or another. like UVA can match Clemson's big lineup right um, you know you go Reese Armand Ryan Jaden Caden that's Which a was, big lineup. And that was a lineup they used a little for a couple minute, minutes against Louisville. And it was sort of because I I, I think it was Louisville, because Tony was saying that sort of like matchup wise, that was something that they wanted to see. And so it's in the toolbox. I'm not sure like offensively, 
how um if you maybe you throw Kihei in there for Armon if you're running done at the three to get more ball handling potentially. But possibly. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, it's something to potentially um keep an eye on. Um I wanna we're we're just gonna we're gonna pause on Clemson real quick and look at the other semifinal because there's a chance that UVA beat, beats Clemson. Um you know, probably very good chance. Uh, and I want to ask you, Paul, who scares you more right now, Miami or Duke? I mean, if Duke plays the way if, – if Duke's offense plays the way Duke played against Pitt, they're the best team in the ACC. Uh, that, that is a version of Duke that I don't think we've seen at all this year. Yeah. I, I, will, I will fully admit that uh, I – in many years, I try to avoid seeing much Duke. Um, this year it's been a little easier uh, because yeah. they haven't been the headline grabbing. You know, there isn't a there isn't a Zion, there isn't a Paolo Baguero, there there isn't somebody who's that like, oh, we're watching the potential number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, and and they've just been a little bit down, um, certainly by Duke standards. Uh, although it does seem like they are more rounding into form uh, in in recent. You know, you look over the past month or so. Um, I'm a lot more scared of that Duke team than I am of one that we might've seen in November or December. Um, So um, I I would say I, the, the current iteration of Duke seems they've got, it seems like they've got some momentum on their side. Um, And they'll be pissed off to play. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And my, Oh yeah, absolutely. You you throw that aspect into it also. Um, but yeah, Miami. You know, you look at the oh, they barely survived against against a good Wake Forest team. Um, you know, Wake had a literally had a shot to to win that game right at the at the buzzer. Um, so I I think of I would be less inclined to face Duke. Um, yeah. Although at this point, frankly, I, I said this to one of my friends last night. I I feel like UVA is playing with house money at this yeah. point. Uh, that you know you got to the tournament semifinals beat Carolina um you know that's that is what would be considered a good a good tournament showing um there's going to be no shame in losing to this Clemson team and and there's the potential benefit of the extra day of rest we can debate that for you know for round and round for hours um but my 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 emotional well-being has been taken care of by getting the win against Carolina last night and and I'm I'm not going to be yeah, you know, whoever, if, especially if we get if UVA gets the finals and loses to either Miami or Duke, oh well, yeah, as well, at fine, yeah. fine, totally and, fine, and that'll keep them at the four line, I believe. Like if they beat Clemson, I think that they're probably like keeping that four seed, um, just because the Duke and Miami lost, Duke or Miami lost, I don't think hurts them, and I, I, I think yeah. those would probably both be quad one games, um. Depend. I would assume so, especially yeah. on a neutral floor. On a neutral, so I think it. I think it goes up to sixty now on a neutral. I, I need to touch base with Will. I have that. not followed that. I know that as of as of yesterday's update on Bracket Matrix, I haven't seen one this morning. Um, Virginia was the last four, and yeah. Miami was the first five. Um, oh, so, so I think if, that is yeah. that is one of those. So if if they you end up playing Miami in the finals, or if Miami makes it to the finals and UVA doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I, it's it, we've also seen the committee not put a huge amount of stock into what happens in conference tournaments in terms of moving, you know, in and out of the bubble, maybe, but moving up or down seed lines, not so much. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't be stunned if 
UVA's kind of taking care of business to lock itself in as a four. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, look more wins always helps when yeah. you're you're talking about seeding. Um, you know, there's especially because the group of of what looks like it's going to be the 12 seeds this year has some absolutely terrifying teams in it, you know, in Oral yeah. Roberts, a Florida Atlantic, you know, Oral Roberts has a guy who's seven, five, and they shoot a crazy amount of threes. Like that is a recipe for beating UVA. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, whether it, but the, you know, you get to the NCAA tournament, there's no slouches. Um, especially now that Carolina is not going to be there. Uh, so um, yeah. Well, how about you? What, what's your thought of, of who, which of those two teams on the other side is least appetizing as yeah. a potential opponent? Yeah, I think a month ago, uh, I would have rather played Duke just because, but, you know, just because of the youth and this, that, and the other, and they hadn't come together. But I, I echo everything else you said. I mean, I, Miami's no slouch. You know, they have the guards. They already beat UVA once this season, although that was in Miami and sort of a weird game. Um but I think that UVA can match up well enough against Miami in the backcourt, especially if you put Beekman on Wong, um, Kihei on on Pack. I think that you can you can sustain or sort of um, yeah. I think that they can be good enough defensively to sort of uh, I don't know win the game on offense. I, I think if UVA played Miami, I'd sort of be predicting or expecting a win. If they played Duke, I'd probably be expecting a loss. I don't know if that. Uh, has any uh i don't know how, how that would play out in the betting lines but um yeah i don't know paul do you have a we'll, we'll wrap things up here do you have a prediction for tonight's game uva against Clemson? we don't usually do predictions but i figure what the hell it's tournament play yeah i, I think it's probably going to be um more in the the a game in the 60s uh yeah. probably more in the low 60s um i i, I am hoping that that Caden's emergence from the doghouse uh, is is here to stay. Um, I will I will put confidence in uh, the the Caden Shedrick led Cavaliers to um, you know continue that having having that defensive DNA really come to the forefront. Um, so I, I you know I'll see a maybe a three or four point Virginia win. That's that's yeah. going to be I think it's going to be really tight all the way through. Um, but you know, if, if Virginia's able to handle the inside, the interior pretty well, uh, I think we'll match up okay. Um, how about you? What's your thought? Yeah, I mean, the line is UVA minus three, which I think is right on the dot. I think UVA wins by five, a couple of late free throws. Like I think Clemson probably has an offensive possession um, in the last minute, down three, maybe four, and then uh, UVA gets a stop, rebound, and and hit some final free throws. So uh, yeah, I think. I think this this game, Clemson played really well against NC State. I'd still also rather be playing Clemson than Miami or Duke right now. So I think that this this matchup suits UVA well right now, as we've gotten into. Um, Paul, any any last uh, last thoughts on the ACC tournament or UVA's status right now? How you're generally feeling? Adios, Beheim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I, I am so I am so glad that the final thing that happened to Jim Beheim in his career was losing in the first round in Greensboro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Hey man, enjoy, enjoy getting retired. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave you with that. 
depending on what happens in tonight's game, we will try to get a podcast up either way tomorrow. We'll see what Pierce's status is. We'll see what's up with Ben. Um, might be able to pull Caroline and potentially Paul back on. So that could be some fun. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You'll just have to stay tuned to the feed. Uh, but thank you all for listening uh, and go who's.